Heavenly Father, you are the one, uh, you are the one who is willing to hear our prayer. Uh, you find uh, joy in your children speaking to you. So I pray that you would teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in the late 80s, I was in an accident, and I got a lot of help. When I think about uh, how much help I got, it, 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 it overwhelms me. Uh, a friend of mine drove me to the uh, hospital because uh, I couldn't drive myself. When I got there, uh, the emergency room people, uh, they all uh, did what they're supposed to do and helped me. Uh, Life Flight picked me up and uh, the guy flew the helicopter and the and the uh, s the staff uh, kept me alive, and uh, the surgeon and the surgery team—they did everything they were supposed to do. Uh, and then uh, uh, the uh, uh, intensive care and and everything that was involved, and it just shocked me how many people it took to help me so I could live. And without their help, I didn't have a chance of living. But then when I, w I thought about it, everybody that helped me, somebody had helped them. Uh, somebody taught my friend how to drive. He just didn't get in the car and start driving one day. Uh, somebody taught the emergency room staff how to be emergency room staff. Uh, somebody taught the helicopter pilot how to fly a helicopter. Uh, the surgeon had uh, 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 decades of education to learn how to be a surgeon. So it wasn't just the people who helped me. It was everyone who helped them so that they could help me. And when you start looking at life, there is a profound reality that humanity only works because we help each other. Without helping each other, uh, many of us would have gone a long time ago. And we're only here because somebody was, ate, was, was uh, prepared to help us when we most needed that help. Uh, and if you, if you trace this chain of help, person to person, person to person, person to person, back in history, all help originates in God. Every act of help had its first movement in the God who helps mankind. Every bit of help you have ever received in your life, the first motive for that help was in the heart of God Almighty. And so, it's imperative 
that we start thinking about where do we look for help? Uh, when we need help in our life, where do we first look? When King David was running from Saul, his life was hard. Saul had about 3,000 soldiers, and he had them out in the field hunting for David all the time. David, on the other hand, had about 600 ragtag, uh, 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 ornery men who uh, hung around with him. I am not sure he was their commander or not. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel that David was hiding in a place that should have been safe. It was called Ziph, and it wasn't far from his father's farm. In fact, the people who lived at Ziph were David's relatives. And wouldn't you know, they found out where he was hiding, and they went to King Saul and ratted him out. And from the trauma of that, David wrote a psalm. It's called Psalm 54. And if you look at it, it says, A masculine of David, when the Ziphites went and told Saul, Is not David hiding among us? The people he expected to help him betrayed him. And in that moment, David sat down and he said, My only real hope is in the Lord. And he wrote this psalm. And we're going to study it because in this psalm, David teaches us how to pray for help. I don't know about you, but I need to pray for help every single day. Uh, I have too many ways of messing a day up to try to do it without a little divine help. Uh, and so let's get started. Psalm 54, verse 1. O oh God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. David looked to God's name and might for his help. The first place David turned for help was God. And, and, and look what he says. O oh God, save me by your name. Uh, I've told you before that uh, in pre-psychological vocabulary, name equals character. Dear God, save me by your character. Here's what David is saying. Dear God, I know you are absolutely brilliant. I am not smart enough to overcome some of the things I'm facing, so I'm asking you to help me by your own brilliance. Uh, dear God, uh, I am not consistent enough. I'm asking you to save me by your faithfulness. I mean, we could go on characteristic after characteristic of God, and it is a way of appealing to God for help. Because you are God, because you are my helper, because you have the qualities that I need, I'm asking you to help me. Church, 
Many times we seek help from people who can't really help us. But it's never true of God. God is always able to help us in every condition. Verse 2. Oh God, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Um, uh, David said, God, I have some complaining to do. And you're the safest place for me to complain. Do you know uh, God isn't annoyed to hear your complaining? (laughs) You can say that of very few people. (laughs) Complaining is an annoying thing. Uh, And we all have our limits on how much complaining we can listen to. But God is our helper because he is a safe place place to complain just think about the last time you needed to complain okay not just talk I mean you needed to complain you were annoyed there was an issue and and uh, complaining was an absolute necessity all right when you want to complain to who do you complain to Well, generally, we complain to the wrong people, right? Um, Or sometimes, uh, I've known people, they'll complain to anybody who will just stand still long enough to let them get started. They would complain to a stranger on the street if they would stand still long enough. All right. David said, dear God, I... uh, I've been through a hard situation. People that I thought I could trust, I couldn't trust them. And they've betrayed me to Saul. And I need to talk to you about it. Church, there's something healthy about complaining to God. I can tell you when I complain to God, I not only feel better, I also have a sense that God says to me, all right, you got your complaint out. You got your complaint out. Now man up and get to work, would you please? Uh, Church, uh, I have this sense that God says to me, okay. You had your little wine and cheese party. Now uh, now I want you to buck up and and get to work, Uh, okay? Uh, There is something beautiful that I, I can trust God with my complaints in prayer. There's something healing about going to God and saying, I have had an unpleasant time. I have been treated in a way that isn't fair. I'm feeling the injustice and the indignity of that, and I want to work it out with you instead of uh, killing the people around me with another 20 minutes of complaining to them. Church, I'm encouraging you to try to ask God for help when your soul feels like complaining. He is a gracious ear. And then verse 3. For strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Selah. Listen to this. David says, 
But this just isn't mindless complaining. I'm not just complaining about the normal difficulties of life. There is a serious problem here. These men are, um, they're ruthless, and they seek my life. And dear God, you know they don't feel accountable to you in any way. Now here's what David's doing. David is not just complaining, but he's saying there is a real problem here. And the, pro and the real problem I can't solve by myself. I need your help. I wonder how many unpleasant people there are in your life that you might be able to deal with in a very different way if you talk to God about them before you came up with your own game plan on how you're going to treat them. Church, I wonder how many people that you might even say are ruthless and unfair. Uh, how many people that maybe somebody you work with, maybe somebody in your neighborhood, uh, they really are, uh, they do really have bad character. They're not good people. And you have to deal with them on a regular basis. What if you turned that problem into a prayer and you simply said something like this, Dear God, you know I have to work with these people who do not have a noble code to live by. Dear God, you know I have to work with these people that have no respect for you. And I'm asking you to meet me and give me the capacity to be the kind of person in dealing with this ruthless person that you want me to be. Church, that is a healthy prayer for help. Instead of having an upset stomach about this person, instead of a playing tapes over in your head again and again and again and again, what if you interrupted all of that and you simply said to your heavenly father, this is a real issue. These people have deep character flaws and I have to work with them. I have to be around them. Uh, um, they're coming to the Mother's Day party. Uh, uh, I can't escape them. But I know that you are more than capable. You are more than capable of meeting me in this moment. Uh, they do not set God before themselves. Listen to what David is saying. David is saying, dear God, I want to be the kind of man who sets you before myself. I don't want to let them set the agenda. Isn't it funny how angry people can make everybody around them angry? Church? Isn't it funny how uh, um, uh, ornery people have a tendency to, to bring out the orneriness in everyone around them? Uh, listen to what David is saying. I don't want to be like them. I don't, want, I don't want to respond to them the way they are, are treating me. I want to have a higher sense, and instead of them setting my agenda, I want to set you before my eyes, and I want you to be my example, even in dealing with difficult people. I'm grateful that God knows how to deal with difficult people. If he didn't, he would have fired me a long time ago. Church, 
And some of you should be very grateful that God knows how to deal gently with uh, 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 difficult people. Uh, it has been a mercy in your life also. And then David says in verse 4, Behold, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. What, what a beautiful thought. Now David is praying himself closer to God. He starts out traumatized. His relatives ratted him out to a man who was trying to kill him. And he starts out praying with all that upset and anxiety in him. And now partial way through the prayer, listen what's happening. He's turning his attention from the ones who upset him to God. He's taking his focus off of the problem and refocusing on the solution. And listen what he says. Behold, God, you are my helper. If there's anyone in the world who can help me, God, it's you. If there's anyone who knows how to lead me through this situation, it's you. If there's anyone who knows how to rescue me from these unpleasant people, it's you. And I'm looking to you first as my helper. Church, when I had my accident, uh, I wanted all the help I could get from medical people. But I also wanted all the help I could get from God. Church, I didn't pray and not go to the doctor, but I didn't go to the doctor and not pray. I think we have to do both. I think both are very healthy. In our lives, we have to say, God is our helper. But also remember that God, the God of providence uses means to help us. Do you understand? Uh, if I get sick, I'm going to pray. But I also use, believe that God uses doctors to help me get better. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in uh, uh, doctors without prayer, and I don't believe in prayer without doctors. God uses rational means, right? Uh, when God is my helper, it doesn't mean that angels are going to come down and fix all my problems. It does mean that God is going to bring people into my life who have abilities, ideas, uh, connections that I don't have, and probably through other good people, he's going to help me in ways beyond what I imagine. Do you see? He's not only my helper, God is my sustainer. It's not the problems that I can solve quickly that wear me down. It's the problems that linger, church. It's the problem that you work on day after day, month after month, year after year, and they start grinding away on your nerves, right? Do you ever feel like you've had the very same conversation 500 times? No? Uh, it's like uh, Groundhog Day. You keep living this conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, when I went to counseling, I was complaining to the counselor, and he said, well, change the conversation. 
stop saying the same thing you always say. Ah, uh, duh. I paid for that. I paid for that. All right. Sometimes it isn't, it, it's not the presenting problem. Sometimes it is having struggled with this issue again and again and again and again in your life. And in that, you start to feel ground down. You start to feel like, is this ever going to get any better? Are things ever going to change? And then David prays, God, I don't just need your help. I need you to sustain me. As I struggle with life, I'm counting on you to sustain me day by day because I believe you do have an answer to this problem and I believe it's going to come into my life and I'm just praying that you would sustain me and help me to be a good soul until you uh, uh, bring uh, your good answer in your good time. Church, David isn't just asking for God to wave his magic wand and fix everything. He's saying, please sustain me in life while I grow and mature and change and you do your good work in me. Uh, because sometimes, dear God, it, it grinds me down. That's an awesome prayer, don't you think? And then he says in verse 5, he will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. Some of David's prayers strike us as a bit harsh, but I want to talk about it. Listen to what he says. He will return the evil to my enemies. Uh, this is the idea that uh, God is not morally neutral. Do you, do you understand this? Uh, I, I believe it was uh, Dr. Martin Luther King who said, uh, the, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it always bends to what is right. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it always bends to what is right. Listen to what David is saying. Dear God, I know that you are a God of goodness. I know you are a God of justice. I know you are a God of what is right. And now I'm asking you that you would cause the evil that they intend to do to me to reflect back on them. Uh, you say, well, that sounds a little harsh. Uh, 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 the Bible teaches us to pray. Uh, 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 don't take vengeance for yourself. Leave room for the vengeance of God. Uh, and that's just exactly what David is doing. David isn't getting his men together and going and ambushing his enemy. He's saying to God, you know they mean me harm. You know they have evil plans. Now I'm asking that in your divine providence, you would bend back on them the evil that they intend to me. Uh, uh, I wonder what our prayer life would sound like if we said to God, uh, I trust your justice. And this person who is being so unfair, 
I pray that uh, in your justice, uh, you would uh, deal with them in ways that only you can deal with them. Instead of me saying, the next time I see this person, I'm going to say this and this and this. I'm going to, I'm going to remind them of this. Uh, I'm not going to let this slide anymore. And what am I doing? I'm just amping myself up to be a jerk. Instead, I can pray for help. I can say to God, my plans for this person are not nearly as good as your plans, and I pray that you would do what you can do to confront the evil that they plan. And then he says, um, uh, verse uh, 5, he will turn the, return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. Uh, is it healthy to ask God to put an end to uh, uh, the, uh, the amount of uh, 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 unpleasantness and damage that people are capable of doing? Church, I think that is healthy. I think it's a perfectly healthy thing to say, dear God, if this person goes on on the pathway they're on, they're, they're going to hurt me, they're going to hurt other people like me, and nothing good is going to come from this. And I'm praying to you that you would, in your faithfulness, put an end to this. Um, I think it's perfectly a, a right to say to God, somebody at work is trashing you behind your back. I think it's perfectly healthy to say to God, dear God, would you put an end to them uh, saying these bad things behind my back? I, I think that is a healthy prayer. Uh, uh, you feel like someone is uh, 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 scheming or whatever. Dear God, I ask you in your faithfulness to put an end to their evil plan. That's healthy, church. And that is a healthy prayer for help. What isn't healthy is to what isn't healthy is to develop resentments, to de to, to develop anger, uh, to to develop uh, uh, mean thinking ourselves, and in the end we become like the person that we don't care for. When in fact we can pray and say, "Dear God." This is beyond my ability, but it's not beyond your ability, and I ask that you would put an end to this. Uh, verse 6. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. Now David says, Dear God, I associate sacrifice and praise with thinking about you as my helper. Uh, thank God for insurance. Uh, the life flight that saved my life was uh, uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, and it's even more expensive now. All right. Uh, listen at this. Uh, uh, the man who had the ability to help me and fly that helicopter um, 
was highly compensated. Uh, that skill is a highly compensated, compensated skill. And we think that's normal in life. Uh, when my truck breaks down, I take it to the mechanic and I expect them to charge me an arm and a leg. Anybody? Uh, it's a skill I don't have. They know what they're doing. Uh, I get out wrenches. Sharon says, please, please, Dave. Uh, uh, there are people who can handle this. Uh, uh, okay. And we find that normal in life. Uh, the surgeon who did my surgery, he made, he picked his check up with a dump truck. Uh, uh, because that, that skill is highly compensated. And we say, that's normal. All right. What if we use that same kind of thinking with God? Uh, in what way do I say to God, I recognize how much you've helped me, and I believe you deserve compensation for the help you've given me in my life. Church? Uh, I wonder how God feels when he does miracles for us and it never dawns on us that we ought to do something to show our appreciation for what he's done. Uh, if anybody ever had the right to feel used, it's God. Uh, he helps us in miraculous ways. He does incredible things. He, he sustains us day by day. Uh, our lives are enriched by his goodness. And how often do we ever think what David thought in this prayer, with a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. Dear God, out of my appreciation for how you have helped me, I feel the impulse in my heart to give an offering of thanksgiving to you. Church? Uh, I, I wonder how our hearts might be enriched if we could say to God, I acknowledge the times you've helped me, and as an expression of my appreciation, I want to offer this offering to you in acknowledging how good you've been to me. Church? That's the way I felt when we uh, took the, uh, off, the uh, Prime the Pump offering for the orphans. I, I, I was uh, praying, and, and, I, and I heard myself say to God, I am so grateful that you blessed me to be born in America, and I'm not the one who needs the help. You blessed me, I got to be born in America. I am the one who gets to give the help. My ability to give the help is directly based upon God's goodness to me. Otherwise, I could be a child in an orphanage somewhere uh, in a third world country. Do you see the point? Uh, we say to God, I'm acknowledging how good you've been to me, how you've blessed me, and this is an expression of my appreciation for your help. And then he says... I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. 
a prayer of help ought to always be accompanied by a prayer of thanksgiving. Church, there ought to be something of a, a gratitude and appreciation in our hearts. When we say, dear God, please, it always should be followed by thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how you've shown your kindness to me. Thank you for your blessings. Uh, dear God, I'm not taking you for granted at all. I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And then David closes his prayer in verse 7. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. Look what happens when he prays this prayer. Look how his soul changes. He starts by saying desperately, Oh God, save me by your great character. It is a cry of desperation. Now listen to the peace that he prays with. For he has delivered me from every trouble. The prayer of help connected, reconnected David to God in the kind of way that he says, Dear God, when I look at my life, you've been there every step of the way. I, I can see your hand in helping me through all my troubles. And I'm sure that you'll help me through this one. Church? He says, Dear God, since I've been in your presence praying for help, it's dawned on me how good you've been to me and how you've met me in every trouble I've had just like this one. And now I have a heart of faith to believe that as you have helped me in the past, you're going to help me today. And then David says, My eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. Now David is remembering actual times. You know David was a warrior. And you know he fought against the Philistines. Uh, uh, he had that wonderful day in the Valley of Ella that is marked in history when he slew Goliath. David said, I have been there when I thought my enemies were too strong for me and you gave me a victory. And I can remember looking at the battle after it was over and saying that, that you are my God. Church, what if we became like David in prayer? What if we actually used David's psalm as a model for our own prayer? And we turn David's prayer into our prayer. I wonder how many more times we would be able to say, I have looked in triumph on problems that I thought were unsolvable. I have looked in triumph on problems that I thought were going to overwhelm me. Because we develop a lifelong history of praying for help, and we see more and more God's divine providence in our life, and it gets easier and easier for us to trust God with future problems because we have such a good history with him in past problems. I encourage you to be a person who prays to God for help. Our dear Heavenly Father, I ask for your grace. I ask for your goodness. I ask for myself and for everyone who's here this morning that you would stir up in us a spirit of prayer 
And uh, it might become the normal thing in our lives to go to you for help first in every problem. To seek your face in every problem. To call upon your character in every problem. To trust in you to deal with the things we cannot deal with. And then as we develop a history with you, to find that our hearts are full of gratitude and we acknowledge you as the source of everything good in our lives. I ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.